Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Ed here, Digital Voices, talking to all digital voices across health and life sciences. So much fun. Hope you're having as much fun listening as I am having talking to all these amazing, amazing individuals. And today, you will not be disappointed uh, to hear from my friend, Christopher Cunney, and the things we're going to talk about, something uh, a little bit different. So, Sydney, before we get into it with Christopher, I want to talk a little bit about fitness because we're going to ask uh, Christopher, he's a big fitness buff, how he works it into his busy life as an executive. And uh, so, wondering about you. So, do you do any sort of uh, fitness routine? Yeah, Ed, I actually love working out. I try to work out every day after work, and then I usually take a break on the weekends, but sometimes I'll have to rearrange that. But I would love to hear Chris's strategy on how to fit it into a busy day. So I look forward to that. Wow. Yeah, and, and you're a, you're a post-workout work workout person, which I could never do. What about you, Christopher? Are you, do you do it after work, before work, during work? What do you I actually do it after work um, during the week, and I'm actually a weekend workout uh, guy as well, too. So I actually enjoy putting in at least two, sometimes two and a half hours uh, in the gym uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's when I get my really hard, you know, long, heavy workouts in. And then during the week, it's usually uh, something between 30 and 45 minutes, a lot of cardio, primarily on my Peloton when I'm not traveling um, or on an elliptical machine or something like that when I'm in a hotel. Yeah. And I'm witness because uh, we were both at the same hotel recently and yes. uh, we, we crossed paths. You were leaving the gym. I was jealous. I was on my way to the gym. <laughs> But you were like all, all buff and stuff in your muscle. Shape. Oh, she's so <laughs> kind. <laughs> so Christopher and I have known each other for I, over 10 years, for sure over 10 years. And yeah, almost time, right. yeah, I know, right? Wow, I didn't want to mm -hmm. say that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it was like at a Chime boot camp. You were CIO at Piedmont, and uh, you had won the Chime Minority Scholarship for that boot camp. And it, I, I know we hit it off because I was like really impressed with you're like the, the best dressed. If they had a best dressed CIO, it would be oh. Christopher. Right. Uh, and you're still like that. You're always uh, super, super dapper. So we want people Thank to get you. to know you a little bit, although we've already jumped right into that, obviously. But what what are, what are some of the songs on your playlist? Wow. You know, I um I grew up um, playing music. So I, I know I love all genres. I, I play piano and saxophone and a little little bit of bass guitar in college, um, but primarily saxophone uh, as my core instrument. So uh, when I was a kid, we had a piano in our home. Uh, so my sister, what, my older sister took classical lessons and piano. And then I would kind of sneak in there and play on the keyboard a little bit. And I could kind of hear music and play it by ear. And so I would kind of mimic some of the songs she was playing. And ultimately, my parents uh, gave me piano lessons. Um, and then ultimately, I, I, I graduated from that or moved towards that to the saxophone. So I love all types of music, classical music, you know, Mozart, Bach, you know, um, to jazz, you know, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, um, David Sanborn, to classical, you know, R&B, you know, whether it's Earth, Wind and Fire or The Temptations. I actually just went to The Temptations uh, musical a couple weeks ago um, to Rick James, you know, you name it, to 
No, uh, the classical, the, the the modern stuff, Tupac, you know, uh, Jay Z, Beyonce, you know, all the you know up up to date artists. Um, you know, I, I love all types of music, cl- cl- uh, country music. I grew up in a small rural town, so I grew up listening to a lot of country music as well too. So I, I don't have, uh, I can truthfully say I, I'm, I'm pretty eclectic when it comes to music, po- the police, you know, Tears for Fears. I mean, I can just name hundreds of different artists that are just, you know, passionate, I'm passionate about. Um, but good music to me is good music, no matter what the genre is. I enjoy it. And I and my playlist contains all sorts of uh, our artists and uh, composers and uh, lyricists. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know some of those things about you. That That's awesome. And that's yeah. why my wife Simran get along so well because uh, she, you you all have uh, some a lot of commonality in uh, right. your playlist. Right. Hey, the other question we ask everyone is is what is your sort of like life message or mantra words that you live by? You know, some sort of credo, if you will. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I was thinking about that, and and one of the things I always when I'm about to make a major decision in life or at a crossroads in life, uh, there's a question, I'll, two questions I always ask myself. Um, what's the worst that can happen? And can I survive it? <laughs> and so, because then it's, you know, I look at things as risk versus reward and and is it a calculated risk or is it, you know, something that just, it's not a risk at all. And I always put it in that, in that context. And so if it's like jumping out of a plane without a parachute, you know, is that a risk? That's a huge risk, right? Uh, but if I jump out of a plane with a parachute, is it still a risk? Yes. But could I potentially survive it? Absolutely, because I have a parachute and I've actually jumped out of a plane before. So, um, And so I look at life that way in a, in a lot of respects. You know, a life is all about, you know, successes and failures and challenges and triumphs. You learn probably more from your failures than you do from this, your successes. And the question is, you know, how many times you fall off the horse, you know, you, you need to get up one more time and get back on that horse. And, and so can I survive whatever, you know, the worst of that situation is, you know, and, and do I grow from it and, and become stronger and more uh, aware of who I am because of it? And so I use that um, uh, as a mantra, as a way of kind of navigating myself in life. That's very cool. I like those uh, two questions. So. I know that you're the chief strategy officer of DSS. So obviously you've been a CIO. You've had a lot of different roles. So in, mm-hmm. tell us your story, both personal, professional, you know, sort of weave it in any way that you'd like to. So that sure. get a sense of who you are. Right. So I think I'm both left and right brain um, in that I love music and, and art and, and culture but I also love science. My degrees in computer science and mathematics. But I love to play saxophone and get, get piano and guitar. So I, I think I balance between both of those worlds. Um, but when I was a kid, you know, I, to, I well, I go back a little bit further than that. My grandmother was an educator. She was a college educator, and which was almost unheard of for an African American woman in her day. Uh, and she was a teacher and a, and a principal. Um, my dad was also educated, uh, college um, educated, and had his master's degree as well, too. And so I grew up in a family that really um, valued education. Um, and um, when I was a kid, um, my parents not only gave me, you know, G.I. Joes and Tonka trucks and footballs, but also I got chemistry sets and microscopes and model rockets and encyclopedias. Uh, black history encyclopedias in many cases as well too. It's not so not just about general culture, but my culture, 
as well, too. Um, so I've always been someone who was a lover of information, a, a, a lifelong learner, um, and so and a geek to a certain bit, a extent, too. I used to tear apart my toys and, and build something else with them. And so I, I pursued a, a degree in technology, um, as I mentioned, in computer science. Uh, I got my master's in executive master's degree in, uh, from Georgia Tech in management of technology. Uh, I worked for you know, some large uh, corporations pr- prior to coming into healthcare, Hewlett Packard. It's been almost a decade there. Some mid-sized companies like Verso Technologies, which was launching back in the first dot-com boom, uh, the first cl- what we now call cloud, what they call, you know, um, uh, application and service provider um, services and CRM back then. Um, and then I was an edu- educator too. I served as an adjunct professor. Uh, but I moved into healthcare in the early 2000s, um, having transitioned away from um, a failed business that I had. <laughs> I actually was, uh, I bought a, a, a franchise web development company right when the dot com bubble burst. <laughs> And so <laughs> I would, timing was poor. Uh, long story short, I had to get a job. Uh, and I was teaching at the time, too. And I was telling my students about looking at trends in the market and getting ahead of those trends and riding the momentum of those trends. And one of the trends that was happening now was in healthcare and healthcare technology. And this is an area you may want to start pursuing. So one day I was shaving or brushing my teeth and I looked at myself in the mirror and said, well, you're telling your students to do this. Why aren't you looking at healthcare as a potential option for you as well? Long story short, um, I ended up getting a a job at Piedmont Healthcare, literally as the lowest level manager in the organization. Uh, The day I started was the day the guy that hired me actually resigned. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was actually fortuitous uh, because six months later I was doing his job. Nice. Um, three years later, I was, you know, a senior d- director in the organization and six years later I was the CIO. Yeah, um, yeah so it was a very fortuitous, also everything I brought from all those experiences from working from Hew- with Hewlett Packard and Inversal Technologies and my education really helped me to catapult me and accelerate my, my, um, my professional rise in healthcare because it was such an emerging part of what's, what's happening in the market at that time. And then getting educated for, by people like yourself, and I always tell people all the time, you were the, the, the CIO I wanted to mimic. I say, this is the kind of CIO I want to be. I mean, you, were, you, had a, you were forward thinking. You were, you know, um, you know just very um, on the cutting edge of what not only just technology, but leadership looked like. And um, I really, you know, wanted to mimic myself by you know, what I saw in you as well. So you have to thank for what my, uh, for my journey is here as well. Um, so I did the CIO thing for a, for a while, and then I ultimately wanted to get back into running my own company. Uh, so I got recruited by a um, private um, consulting firm, which I took a role there, stayed there for a few years, and then ultimately launched my own company which I ran for nine years. Um, And I served in a wide variety of capacities as an advisor, uh, as a virtual CIO, um, as an academic educator, a wide variety of things. And I I grew that business quite well. And then in 2016, um, I got really sick. And you and I have talked about that in the past as well. Long story short, I got diagnosed with two brain tumors. Uh, had brain surgery in 2017, decided to take a hiatus from running a company 
and uh, start focused on just being a servant-minded leader and working through other organizations uh, and ultimately ended up here at uh, DSS leading, helping to lead their commercial business, which is under general health and bringing to market really what we believe is going to be a next generation electronic health record system for the marketplace. And, and, and throughout that whole journey, I've always continued to be an educator, an advisor, a mentor, um, and hopefully a support resource for people who are trying to move through and navigate the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, that's an, an amazing journey. And I'm so thankful Thank you. that uh, you were healed, uh, diagnosed and Thank healed. That's, that's really cool. And I know Absolutely. that helped shape who you are. So yeah, let's, let's talk about, uh, first on leadership in general. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're an amazing leader. You can tell through your story. Uh, what, what's one piece of advice you might give you know, our younger selves, Christopher, like uh, if we were in our 20s, having graduated, maybe uh, Sydney's uh, age group, you know, what, what, what's, uh, what's some advice you'd give to an aspirational leader? You know, it's funny. I get, you know, I get asked quite a bit, you know, I have throughout my professional career, uh, young professionals coming and saying, how did you do what you've done in your career? What was some of the advice you would give me? And I, I think first and foremost, um, one of the things I, I try to help them understand is how do you navigate the corporate game, what I call the corporate game. And so you can go out and get tons of degrees and certifications. Uh, you can work from 8, 8, 8 a.m. in the morning to 12 o'clock at night and still never climb the corporate ladder the way you want to, never achieve those certain levels of success. And that's what, and why, you know, I worked hard. I went and got the degrees. I did everything they said I was supposed to do, but yet I'm still sitting in the same job and role that I'm in today. Well, I said, well, first of all, yeah, that's okay. Go and get educated. Knowledge is great. Working hard is part for the course. You got to do that to be successful. Everybody has to do that. But you also have to understand that the corporate um, structure is designed, quite honestly, to eliminate the majority of people moving up the ladder. There can only be one CEO. There can only be one CFO. There can only be one CIO. Right. So how does that person, you know, go from being an individual contributor, moving up the ladder and ultimately sitting in the C-suite? Well, I, it starts with, first of all, understanding that in the C-suite, you're not promoted to the C-suite. You're invited to be in the C-suite. You have, you have mentors, you have cheerleaders, you have sponsors that are pulling you through the organ, helping pull you through the organization and creating opportunities for you to get that exposure um, uh, and, and uh, being those environments where people can consider you as an individual who can operate in the C-suite. And so you, if you don't have a sponsor, a mentor, a cheer, cheerleaders that are helping you move to the next level in the organization, you can work you know, 20 hours a day all you want. You're never going to be able to achieve the level of success that you want because individual contributors get paid um, a bonus every year for working hard and meeting their goals. Executives get promoted for their potential to be leaders in an organization. And they're also um, um, pulled through the organization and promoted because those people in those leadership positions see them as a peer as well, too. And so if you're not operating in a way that gives them the sense that you can operate as an executive, a C-suite person, and you don't surround yourself with these sponsors and mentors that are helping to promote you in that fashion, you'll always struggle. And it doesn't matter what organization you go to. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Uh, if you don't have those fundamental things on, on your side, 
it will be a challenge for you. So I always encourage them to find mentors, leaders, sponsors, cheerleaders, understand what the culture is in that organization, start to mimic that culture uh, and start to position yourself in opportunities to interact and participate in discussions with senior leadership and and, uh, communicate your thoughts uh, and perspective on those things that they're dealing with uh, in a a strategic way. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And even today for lunch, I met one of my former, I don't know I call them former mentors, they're still mentors. Mm -hmm. And he was my boss like, 10 years ago, and he right. went on to lead Lido's Healthcare, and, and he's recently uh, retired and working in the church, and I was like hanging on to every word he was sharing mm-hmm. with me over lunch. You know, I was asking him for advice, and, and I don't know where I would be without people like uh, those sort of mentors, so that, that's great advice. Let's, let's talk about fitness a little bit, especially as we age, so sure. you know, it might not be a big deal for Sydney because she's still very young, and, and uh, uh, you know, she's got the groove going. And, uh, but as we age, right, we become busier, right? Let's just say we've succeeded. We've become these CDOs, CIOs, what have you, chief strategy officers, and life gets super, super busy. Mm-hmm. And we have kids, we have families. Uh, it's easy to lose uh, the routine. So what advice would you have for someone who's struggling? Like they're listening to us and saying, oh yeah, I used to do that. I want to do it again. I want to be like Christopher, mm-hmm. uh, but, but they're not. What, what sort of advice might you give someone? Well, I think first and foremost, um, you can't beat yourself up when you when you fall off. <laughs> Trust me, I love my French fries. I love my chocolate. I love my, you know, my guilty pleasures, you know, as well, too. But what I try to do is I try to earn those things, you know, you know. And so if I'm going to, you know, if I have a craving for a Big Mac, <laughs> you know, uh, and, so, and some fries and a large soft drink, um, which, you know, uh, I do crave. Yeah from time to time, I'm going to make sure I do something to earn that as well, too. I'm not going to make that a norm that I, you know, um, I do on a regular basis, but I'm going to go work. Okay. I'm going to do this two hour workout or go do this 45 minute, you know, cycling thing on my Peloton. So I can now go earn the right to eat that because the body will not hold on to this, that bad food for long. If you don't one, if you don't abuse it and two, if you do something healthy for your body, as well too, like exercise. The other thing for me, it was, you know, when I, two things that really affected me and why I got really committed about working out. One was my parents passing away uh, and passing away in their seventies, which today is relatively young, you know? Um, And then two, when I got sick myself, because I thought I was relatively healthy already. And then find out I got two brain tumors. And I think had I not been healthy, uh, I made that, Going through that surgery may not have been, you know, I may not have been able to recover as quickly as I, I had. And so for me, it's all about aging as healthy as you can. You know, we ultimately will not, we'll all will succumb to father time. The question is, you know, how do you want to live through that journey? You know, yeah, I don't run and, and I don't lift the way I did when I was 20 and 25. But what does 58 supposed to look like? And what should I be able to do at 58? You know, and so I always try to encompass, you know, um, a decent, a decent uh, lifestyle around my food, around my rest, around my mental state, uh, and then around exercise. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I got bursitis in both shoulders. I got, you know, um, 
back issues as well, too. And so I don't try to do things I used to do when I was 20, but I try to do things I still can do today that continue to push my body and uh, help me maintain a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, it's quality of life, uh, what you're describing. And, and you're right, you know, some the clinicians, you know, I had these weird things, as you know, this cancer suddenly mm-hmm. showed up and then I had this uh, widow maker that showed up. At right. the and they said the reason, Ed, that you sur- one of the reasons you survived is that you were already a healthy person. Exactly. Had you not been working out and all that kind of stuff, I would have had a much uh, a less than ideal outcome. So that's another you know reason. But yeah, th- those are great. And, for, and mm-hmm. this is a podcast, so people can't see you, Christopher. But sure. I can tell you, Christopher, uh, he already revealed his age. So at age 58, he is cut <laughs> like a man that's uh, in his 20s. I mean, that guy, oh, he's so a beautiful, beautiful man. So oh, uh, thank the, you. the workouts uh, definitely... Uh, are working and it's inspires yeah. me. I see we're Facebook buddies, of course. And, you know, I see your workouts. I'm like, dang, okay, I gotta, I gotta get back up and lift some more and, and those sort of things. So, so well, yeah. I'll, I'll say, say this too. I also try to surround myself with people who have similar mindsets as well, too, that like to go work out that, you know, that like to eat healthy, you know, so that I'm not falling, you know, falling off the wagon all the time because I'm surrounding myself with people who don't. Uh, and then people like yourself, I mean, you, you talk about me being healthy. You're the one out there, you know, doing marathons and, you know, uh, Ironman competitions. I, I'm, I'm looking at you and say, I need to get back in the gym because Ed's out there running. <laughs> he's running a half marathon today. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It really iron sharpens iron and, and you, right. you need to surround yourself. It goes for that. That's a like, like a life mantra right there. So Absolutely. surround yourself with other people who are doing things that you aspire to do and you will do those things. That's um, right. So man, the time goes by so quickly and I really want to get into uh, uh, a little bit about what you're doing today and also the future. So we'll, sure. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to do sort of a speed round. So I'll just uh, do two questions. If you were a CDO CIO, so you have the benefit, you were a CIO at a very prominent organization. You've been mm-hmm. around CIOs and CDOs now your entire career, but now you're a strategist and you belong to mm-hmm. on, the, on the supplier side. What, what's one thing you would do if you were a CDO today you know, as a general, you know, piece of advice? I would be a, a private equity investor in emerging healthcare technology companies. I would, you know, find these companies that I think would be meeting, uh, helping me address the gaps and issues that I have in my organization. And I would work with them directly to help them be successful and incorporate those investments into my organization. I think so many healthcare systems don't take advantage of these young, smart, you know, uh, and some of us older, smart individuals as well, too, who have great ideas, but don't have the vehicle to implement them in. And why not work with them directly to help solve your problems versus going out and buying solutions that don't meet all your needs? So I would be an investor in these technologies and I would incorporate those investments in my uh, organization. Brilliant. So if your organization doesn't do that already, take Christopher's advice, be the leader in your organization, do that, make that happen. That's really good. Uh, not as many people know about DSS as others because of some sure. of the sub-brands. So tell us, uh, tell us, give us the 60 second on DSS and it's Absolutely. Know, one, of the, one of the things that yeah. you know. Exactly. So DSS is that company that's been around 30 years in healthcare IT, but on the commercial side is relatively unknown in the marketplace. We've spent the majority of our 30 years, three decades in supporting um, federal and state agencies. Uh, The VA hospital, for example, is one of our biggest customers. We have anywhere between 15 and 20 or more applications in every VA hospital and clinic across the country and every single one. 
Uh, we uh, have behavioral health solutions in places like New York State and Idaho and Tennessee, and we have uh, commercial applications in places like Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Weems Healthcare, and others. Uh, we are we recently launched and are a- 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 actively branding our commercial line business, which is we brand under Juno Health. And as I mentioned to you earlier, you know we're bringing to market. We just brought to market, not bringing. We are in the market now. Uh, launched our cloud-based electronic health record system for the inpatient market. So for all those folks who've been frustrated with those current monolithic applications, which I will, we remain nameless, you know who they are. And are looking for a cost-effective, scalable, open architecture solution that will not only meet your needs today, but meet your needs in the future. That's what we're bringing to market today. And then we're wrapping around that best-of-breed technologies that extend the capabilities of the, the what we now call the clinical data platform, not an EHR, um, to the marketplace. So whether it's virtual care, digital front door, AI and analytics, uh, and a whole host of other pop health and a whole host of other needs that healthcare organizations are challenged with. Uh, DSS, Juno Health is uh, making that investment and bringing those solutions to the marketplace today. Yeah, that's very exciting because everyone's always been asking for an alternative. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm really excited to see what you all do. I, I, I saw a lot of, uh, so we so we we uh, recording this just right after Vive and Hims. So our booths were uh, close to one another. Saw exactly. a lot of tra- traffic your way. So I, I really wish you all the, the best and success. And Christopher, thank you so much for being on the show. The thing that we, we, we didn't cover a couple other areas, but like you've been married for like almost like 40 years, right? You're like- Well, not quite 40. But, but 28, 28 years all right, so. together, over 30. Um, so, but yeah, we, we've got some miles on us. So a, a lot of ways, and we got to talk about that sometime too. Like we talk about fitness, but it's it's uh, sure. healthy families. Uh, you've got a great family. I, you, you have a lovely wife, fellow podcaster. And uh, and, and it'd be great uh, actually to have you both on together with Simran and I. We'll do something on couples. Sounds sounds exciting. Look all right, well, Christopher, thanks again for, for being on our show. And I I just wish everyone a super great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff, and we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.